you know some people say uh, copper is the new oil and that's that's certainly not an unreasonable uh, thing to assert given how crucial copper is in the energy transition whether it's the electrification of transportation the move towards renewable energy or the building of energy storage systems all are very copper intensive applications you're listening to traders insight radio by interactive brokers find more podcasts and daily market commentary at tradersinsight.news Please remember any trading discussions are for information purposes only and are not intended to portray recommendations. Please listen to further disclosures at the end of today's episode. Now, welcome to our show. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to IBKR Traders Insight Radio Podcast. I'm Stephen Levine, Senior Market Analyst at Interactive Brokers, your host for today's program. We'll be talking with Mobin Tahir, Associate Research Director at Wisdom Tree Europe, about catalysts that have been driving prices for certain commodities. And today's focus is going to be on copper, critical commodity for use in the ongoing global energy transition. A little bit about Mobin. Uh, he works as an investment strategist at Wisdom Tree, which is an independent sponsor and issuer of exchange traded products. There, Mobin takes a holistic view of the investment landscape, identifying both tactical and strategic opportunities for investors. These include various megatrends, such as the energy transition, and their impact across a range of asset classes. Happy you could join us, Mobin. Thanks very much for taking the time. Stephen, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, it's really great. Now, you've presented uh, recently a terrific webinar at IBKR on commodities and inflation, and your outlook for copper really caught my attention. Mainly, it's projected need across the value chain of the energy transition ecosystem, from grid infrastructure and energy storage to electric vehicles and their associated need for a charging infrastructure. What struck me were some noticeably large spikes in the projections you provided for 2025 and especially 2030 for the opportunity to use copper in these areas, which I believe came from a recent report from Anglo-Swiss commodity trader and miner Glencore. Now, I'd like to start off with your insights about how much copper globally would be needed to fulfill the demand for these projections across that value chain. Thank you, Stephen. Sure, that's a great place to start. And, you know, some people say uh, copper is the new oil. And that's, that's certainly not an unreasonable uh, thing to assert, given how crucial copper is in the energy transition, whether it's the electrification of transportation, the move towards renewable energy, or the building of energy storage systems, all are very copper intensive applications. Now, to give you a sense of uh, the numbers in terms of the growth outlook for copper demand in the coming years, Wood McKenzie, a specialist uh, researcher in the field of the energy transition and resources, they forecast that over the next 20 years, if the world is to achieve its goals of climate change and contain temperature increases to two degrees Celsius above pre-industrialized levels, copper demand will need to increase by around 3.5% each year for the next 20 years. So what that means is that over the next 20 years, overall, demand for primary copper will double from around 20 million tons per annum to somewhere around 40 million tons over the next 20 years. So uh, a significant increase in demand if the world is to meet its climate change objectives. Now, recognizing that there's a challenge here and the challenge is that supply hasn't uh, really picked up in recent years as as it as it should to to meet some of these demand trends going forward but th what that also means is 
uh, that copper really presents itself as as quite a compelling case as a long-term investment opportunity for the same reason. Yeah, no, that's really terrific. Now, I, I understand that a few years back, it seems there has been or it's reported to have been an underinvestment in copper mines. I'm not sure exactly if that's a result or a cause of the effects of copper sulfide on the environment, whether it's drinking water or uh, fish or otherwise. Is there or has there been more investment in copper mining to meet the amount of global supply that we'd need? Yeah, Stephen, so certainly uh, mining, whenever you talk about mining of natural resources, sustainability will inevitably be a topic that is uh, that, that comes up. But uh, our view at Wisdom Tree is that fundamentally what's held copper investment in terms of mining investment in the last 20 years or so has been um, has been a combination of two things. One, of course, price hasn't necessarily risen significantly enough to incentivize new capital expenditure in the mining sector. And uh, two, which is perhaps a, a reason in turn uh, of, of the first reason, why hasn't price increased significantly? That's because demand trends haven't really trended upwards yeah. as we now are beginning to foresee. So up until now, copper has been primarily been seen as a cyclical asset class, which uh, moves up and down with the economy. So demand increases when the when economies are expanding and then it contracts when the economies start contracting. Whereas now, Certainly at Wisdom Tree, we're beginning to see copper as as a thematic investment opportunity, as something that's aligned with the energy transition mega trend. And this will likely attract new capital uh, expenditure in the mining sector, recognizing that there's a, there, there's an upward sloping demand trend uh, in the coming years. Yeah, yeah in, a lot of increased demand. I mean, looking at those projections for 2025, 2030, especially in the webinar you presented. But where would all this copper come from or where does it come from? Uh, what are other specific countries or areas in the world uh, that this copper is generally sourced? Sure. So if we look at the top producers of copper, we have uh, Chile is, is, is the biggest producer in terms of uh, the actual production, but also in terms of the total reserves. So remember when we talk about reserves, uh, these are deposits that have been discovered evaluated and assessed to be profitable, but they aren't necessarily being uh, used in active mining. So they, they are there uh, to be tapped into. So Chile holds the, the number one rank in terms of the top producer, as well as the, the, the country with the most uh, known reserves. But other countries are uh, Peru, uh, certainly number two on that list. And in fact, it was uh, supply disruptions from these two countries during the COVID pandemic, which resulted in in a lot of the price appreciation over 2020 and 2021. Yeah. And it really emphasizes the importance of these two countries in the landscape. But there are other uh, key countries as well. Of course, China, Congo and US are in the top five in terms of top producers. Uh, some of those countries are punching above their weight because uh, they're not necessarily in the top five um, in terms of reserves, but they're producing more than uh, more than they have. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Are, are we seeing more exploration in these countries to meet the demand or the coming demand? Yeah, I think uh, we, 
even though we are seeing exploration in these countries, I think the, the general consensus in the industry is we need to see a lot more. So you, you mentioned the topic about uh, the, the, the question about how much investment do we need to make in these mining? Now, certain estimates, uh, uh, you know, and analysts expect that mining capital expenditure needs to be somewhere around 1.7 trillion US dollars over the next uh, 15 to 20 years. Now, this compares to just around 600 billion uh, US dollar uh, of capital expenditure in copper mining that took place in the previous 15 years. So, uh, you know, just just summarizing those numbers, Capital expenditure needs to go up by two to three times in the next 15 to 20 years compared to the last 15 to 20 years. Yeah, Just ballpark sense, you know, yeah. to, to get a, a sense of where we are. That's a huge and, increase in, in the amount of investment. That's that's uh, a rather large spike. It's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. I guess that just speaks to the breadth of the global energy transition. And uh, beyond that, how much is going to be needed for other things that would require copper as well, I suppose consumer products or you know, things of that nature. Um, it's, 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 it's really funny, you know, in, in, I believe it was in 1943 that copper pennies or the composition of the material of copper pennies was replaced with, I think, zinc-plated steel so that they could use that copper for the war effort at that time, World War II. <laughs> and I wonder if there might be this opportunity to start seeing what is traditionally made of copper and a phasing out of those types of materials for use in the energy transition. Yeah, I love that anecdote, Stephen. Uh, very <laughs> nice. Uh, you're absolutely right. Copper is uh, is something that that's been used in uh, currency for for decades. It's still used in uh, in uh, in currency, various coins, and etc. Uh, e even even if some of that changes. Um, you know, copper will probably remain so unless we go completely digital. I, I hate carrying coins in my wallet, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're absolutely right. I think uh, what what your question also touches on is is the reconfiguration of uh, of uh, where the physical copper sits and how that can be recycled into other applications. Now, currently, if yes. we look at uh, recycling of copper. Uh, recycled copper accounts for around one third of total copper supply in um, in the world, according to the International Copper Association. This is uh, pretty significant, uh, but it it could improve even more because, fortunately for copper, copper is hundred percent recyclable. You can recycle it as many times as you want, and it doesn't lose its physical properties. So it will still be good enough for for an EV battery. Uh, you know, if if it's been recycled uh, 15 times. So another uh, great opportunity in the value chain of the ecosystem, I suppose, would be recycling efforts. Absolutely. And uh, I think uh, it's going to be uh, an area which attracts a lot of investment, especially if uh, new mining supply is unable to meet the demand growth uh, that we are going to see in the coming years. Uh, we, we might see the emphasis on recycling growing even more. And we know that the recycling industry is getting better at recycling, not just uh, things like uh, coins, but even recycling <laughs> EV batteries. So uh, uh, if something as sophisticated as a lithium ion battery that goes into a car can be brought down back into the core 
metals and then reused again for various applications, uh, then uh, certainly this sort of uh, industry will will enable that uh, that growth. Well, this 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 speaks a lot to the supply and demand equation for copper, as the projections uh, you've stated or or meted out in the webinar uh, to twenty twenty five twenty thirty. Uh, meet their those expectations. So, uh, I suppose that copper stands to increase in value toward as we get closer to those times and the more demand that there is for it. Uh, how expensive do you think copper can become? Uh, I suppose you have to factor in the recycling efforts uh, in terms of the uh, supply uh, part of that equation. Yeah, I think uh, what we might see over the coming years is this uh, is this new dynamic where uh, copper prices trend upwards, but still maintain some sort of cyclicality, and that mm-hmm. cyclicality might not necessarily come from copper's alignment with the traditional business cycle for various economies, but that cyclicality may be influenced by capital expenditure cycles, because new capex uh, investment will go in and of course that will bring new supply uh, when new supply comes online maybe that cools some of the price yep. pressures that that uh, that are that, that are built up in the market but ultimately demand will continue to rise and then you know that demand uh, will will continue to put upward pressure on prices so we may see that cyclicality with a, with an upward trend and and that may be the new dynamic for copper in the next couple of decades uh, whereas in the previous uh, couple of decades it was perhaps just cyclicality without without a long term trend yeah yeah no that that makes a lot of sense it sounds like i have to save my pennies in that case that's that's really great uh, <laughs> This is really, truly fascinating, Mobin. Thank you thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, listeners out there can learn a lot more about this topic in Wisdom Tree Europe's webinar presentation, Commodities and Inflation, a Time-Tested Relationship, at ibcarewebinars.com. And this is where Mobin examines a long list of other commodities, such as gold, tin, palladium, platinum, and agricultural commodities like wheat, soybeans, and coffee. You can also keep abreast of Wisdom Tree Europe's market commentary at IBKR Traders Insight at tradersinsight.news. And I hope you'll be back with us again, Mobin, and we can talk about other commodities as well. I mean, you, you really described and outlined a, a great deal of them in that presentation. I'd love to talk with you more about others. It would be my pleasure to join you again, Stephen. Thank you so much. That's really terrific. Thank you, Mobin. And until next time, I'm Stephen Levine for Interactive Brokers. Thanks for listening to Traders Insight Radio. As always, there's more content at tradersinsight.news. And if you're interested in learning more about interactive brokers, visit ibkr.com. We offer more trading education materials such as webinars at ibkrwebinars.com, market-related courses at tradersacademy.online, and quant-related articles at ibkrquant.com. Interactive Brokers is not affiliated with and does not endorse or recommend any third-party investment information, advice, services, or products discussed in this episode. Futures are not suitable for all investors. The amount you may lose may be greater than your initial investment. Before trading futures, please read the CFTC Risk Disclosure. A copy and additional information are available 
available at ibkr.com. The analysis in this material is provided for information only and is not and should not be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any security. To the extent that this material discusses general market activity, industry or sector trends, or other broad-based economic or political conditions, it should not be construed as research or investment advice. To the extent that it includes references to specific securities, commodities, currencies, or other instruments, those references do not constitute a recommendation by IBKR to buy, sell, or hold such investments. The material does not and is not intended to take into account the particular financial conditions, investment objectives, or requirements of individual customers. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and is necessary, seek professional advice.